0: It is Friday, January 19th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs kicks off tomorrow. And the return of Bill O'Brien. Here comes the Vegas truth.
1: This is straight out of Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
1: Divisional round. There's no point in uh in beating around the bush, Scott. It is playoff time in the NFL. This is the uh the big weekend. We'll figure out who's gonna play for a chance to go to the Super Bowl after this weekend. I'm I'm gonna take a guess and say that's
0: the Vegas. East, <laughs> unless you want to go Australian open. No, no, no. The Aussie Open can take a back seat. But uh, okay. is right. this, I want to ask you because a lot of people have differing opinions on this, and I've heard this take many times. Is this the best weekend of football? Because, I think it is. Because uh, you have games like on Saturday and Sunday, and it's the best final eight teams left. So people say that this is the best weekend of football. I think so. And I mean, it's four
1: standalone games. I mean, I mean, we had six standalone games last week, but it's just it's just different. Uh, There's no dud. I mean, I I don't know. I don't think there's any dud matchups. The the point spread would say differently in some of these, but I I think they all are intriguing. Um, And the one thing I wish and the one thing that makes me like the makes me put the conference championship weekend maybe in the conversation is everybody's got equal rest in that week. You know, this week, it's kind of like playing the, oh, how much does the rest versus Russ come into play? Uh, It's not quite even footing, but no, I I think it's a great weekend of football. I'm I'm excited for it. It just bumps me out that we're about
0: to be out of these. Yeah, I guess in in the past, before they did the, you know, expansion of the playoffs and only one team getting a bye, you had... You know, four teams that were on buys during the wild card week—the four best teams in the NFL—now yep. playing their first playoff games here in the divisional round, and then you had you know the Saturdays and Sunday, and you're like, okay, this is the best weekend of football of the year. Well, let's talk about these games. Uh, we did a lot on the Dream Pod this week, and you can listen to that on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed. And and let's talk about the first game: the Ravens and the Texans. And AJ, you've said this uh, before that. The Texans always play the first game on the Saturday. They did it last yeah. week, and they're doing it again this week.
1: Someone came back. I mean, they did play a game in the divisional round. That uh, was a. It was like a uh, the first game on Sunday. Uh, they were playing at Kansas City, so it's the second okay, okay. second time. They, one time they weren't the first game, but it's it feels like clockwork that they're the first game. Um, yeah, this is this is where you put the the team that you just kind of want to get out of the way <laughs> and you know no offense but the texans have been that for a long time i do think this is a different texans team though uh they're they're a fun watch they they have a, a star quarterback i i think there's some buzz about this team and this game's intriguing because this game can kind of really set the tone for two different quarterbacks like it ch- the narrative can be changed like it, one if cj stroud wins a second playoff game as a rookie like we're talking about this is the best rookie quarterback season ever and I mean not we're much already discussion. talking
0: about it we're already arguing that yeah uh
1: and like RJ was going through it with me and like statistically there, like it depends on what you value like statistically Justin Herbert's probably had the best rookie year of all time didn't lead to lead to any playoff wins certainly so uh, I, I don't I don't think there's any discussion if he wins this game that this is the best playoff or this is the best season for a rookie from like an overall quarterbacking standpoint. That's but it can also change the narrative for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, who's kind of been looked at as a playoff dud, great regular season player, this is his his chance to really kind of step up and and change all the thinking about that. So that to me, that's like the the thing that makes this game most interesting, even though it's a nine and a half point spread, I still find this game intriguing because it's two guys who can, you know, kind of uh, mold the way that they're looked at as quarterbacks.
0: What's your feel on the dome team in Houston going to play outdoors in, you know, sub 30 degree weather. I looked at the history of the Texans, just the Texans doing that. And it's, it's not well in the playoffs, they're 0 two, you know, ATS, in those situations having to go play outdoors and, those games were not particularly close. They got blown out in New England. They got blown out in Kansas City. And now this is a situation where they're nine and a half point dogs here against a cold weather team in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like the situation, certainly. Uh, I, I generally don't like rookie quarterbacks on the road, and that's in the regular season. Um, mm-hmm. The idea that this is a, a rookie quarterback on the road, first you know like in inclement weather for you know ro- first road playoff start bad weather against the best defense in the world it just feels like this is a really tough spot for for cj stroud and these ravens like i i've kind of said this about the texans for a while and i gave out some of the stats on dream preview about the texans and the schedule that they've played and how you know D'Amico has revitalized his defense and you know they they're not a joke on defense anymore and they're they're probably not a joke on defense but they haven't played anyone to prove it one top 10 EPA opponent the entire season that was week 1 the Baltimore Ravens so <laughs> uh it, it, the, the next best team per EPA offensive EPA that they've played all year long is the Tampa Bay Bucks so think about the drop off from where the Ravens are as an offense to where the bucks are and that that's that was the second best team they played from an offensive epa standpoint i i just think this is a tough matchup for for the offense i think it's a tough matchup for the defense meanwhile the Tex the texans as good as their offense has been the ravens are used to this they are battle tested um they played five of the top 10 offenses this season the ravens did went five and zero against those teams allowing less than 16 points per game in those matchups. When elite offenses have have played the Ravens, the Ravens have held their own. Um, And so as good as this Texans offense has been, again, this is a different animal, this, this, uh, this Ravens defense. And the Texans in general, so CJ Stroud, his home games, 306 yards per game, 20 touchdowns, 58 QBR, which puts him at about 15th in the league in QBR. Away games, 231 yards per game six road touchdowns all season long, and a 51 QBR, which puts him down at 22nd. So it's a pretty big drop-off, C.J. Stroud's performance from road to home, four and a half points per game, uh, less on the road for the Texans. Meanwhile, the Ravens, it's the opposite. Well, I mean, it's, I guess it's not the opposite. It's the same for them, except they're the home team. 32 points per game at home, 24 and a half on the road. And a lot of that edge, it, it, this was one of my favorite plays on the DreamPod, comes early. They've out they've outscored opponents 66 to 26 in the first quarter in their home games. And that includes losing the first quarter of week 18 when they weren't playing anybody. They lost that first quarter seven to zero. So if you take that game out of the equation, their home games, the first quarter was 66 to 19. That's five points per game is six points per game. And I, I, the, the margin at halftime has been nine points per game. This is. Lamar Jackson's the most profitable ATS quarterback in the first half in the league. John Harbaugh's the most profitable first half ATS coach in the league. They they just jump out to early leads. I can see the Texans fighting their way back into this game, but I do think the the, the Ravens early is the way I'm going to be looking.
0: Yeah, I'm on the Ravens in the first half, laying six and a half. Uh, it is right now. That's the spread widely available. Um, I know there was a brief five and a half. That didn't last too long. Ravens 14 and three ATS in the first half this season. Wait, Scott, let Let's me stick. ask you
1: something. Who, who's mm-hmm. the who's the best team in football in the second half? I know all season long people have said the 49ers are the best team. But if you just say from like week week eight on, who's been the best team? Packers. I see I, I disagree because I think the Packers are trash on defense. But
0: Okay, but they're eight and three since week nine and the second best EPA per play uh, besides the 49ers.
1: Well, on offense, they're yes, twenty twenty-sixth
0: on, on defense, but yeah,
1: the Ravens, yeah. the Ravens have won ten of their last twelve. One of those losses was week eighteen to Pittsburgh. The mm-hmm. other loss was to Cleveland on a field goal. They lost by two as time expired. Yeah. They're the 10 wins. The, the, in the 10 out of 12, the 10 wins, their average margin of victory has been 17 points per game. And that includes wins over four playoff teams. They are an absolute beast right now. I, I think you can make a good argument that the Ravens are the best team in the league. Um, so I, 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 if I had to play a side here, it would be Baltimore. Uh, I, I do think it's it's better to get at them early in the game. But if I again, if I had to play a side, the full game side, it'd be Baltimore as well.
0: Let's talk about the second game tomorrow, and that is the Packers at the 49ers. San Francisco, also a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Total is 50-and-a-half, and and I just gave those stats out. Since week nine, the Packers, the second-best EPA per play in the NFL behind only the San Francisco 49ers. They are eight-and-three since straight up since week nine. Uh, They're playing great football offensively. The one concern that I have is that this is kind of like their, you know, fourth playoff game in a row. It's going to be their. It, this is their fourth road game in the last five weeks. And all of their games were must win games. You know, the playoff game last week against Dallas playing against Chicago before that Minnesota before that Carolina before that. Like it's just it, it it's got to wear on you. And going up against the 49ers, who are well-rested after not just not playing last week, but taking off Week 18 as well, that that's what scares me away from the Packers on the side. But I do think the Packers' offense and Jordan Love will have success. I, the over is my favorite play of the week.
1: Yeah, I generally agree with you. I, I think maybe there's been an overreaction to what the Packers are, like – I mean the Packers beat the Panthers they beat, they beat Bryce Young, Nick Mullins, and Justin Fields to finish the season and get in which I get it they had to win to get in and then they beat the Cowboys in the playoffs which I mean the Cowboys never won in the playoffs. So it was a good game against the Cowboys. I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from them but I feel like maybe we overreacted a little bit like RJ was talking about the Packers can win this game, and I I don't know if I feel that way about these Packers. I, I just think they're you, you, the numbers you mentioned about them being the second best EPA team, you know, since week nine. Their offense has been great, but they're in that same time period. They're 26th in EPA per play on defense.
0: Yeah, but I they're think also defense. what's what's been hiding how bad the defense has been is that they're dominating time of possession on offense. So they're keeping the yeah they are on running offense, the football, which is, which is masking how bad the defense has been. I think that's going to be a key here is maybe playing keep away from the 49ers. The the problem
1: is like, I I mean, I I guess if, if here's what I think, I think if the, if the Packers can score first, they're in good shape. If the Packers have to start chasing, I I think this game gets away from them in a hurry. Uh, And I, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, I don't think I'm breaking any ground by saying that. I mean, the, the, the way to beat the 49ers is to run the football on them uh if the if the 49ers get you in known passing situations you're not beating that team Uh, I don't care how good Jordan Love plays down the stretch you're you're not going to beat the 49ers if they know you're throwing the football every play Mm -hmm. um that's why man when one of the my favorite play I think on this game is one that we discussed uh on the same game parlay pod which is Green Bay in the first quarter plus three uh you can get that at, at even money and I, because I think there is about an 80% chance, maybe even better that the Packers get the ball first here. The Packers, if they win the coin toss, I, I think it's it's way better than 50-50 that they take the ball because they know they don't want to be playing from behind. And the 49ers are going to do the standard thing and they're going to defer. So I, I think if you know you're getting the ball first, which I mean, there's no way to know for sure, mm-hmm. but I think there's a really good chance the Packers get the ball first and you're getting points in the first 15 minutes of the game, Boy, that's that's a hard one for me to pass on. So I, I like that. I like the Packers team total over nine and a half in the first half. I mean, the 49ers defense has been giving up, you know, eleven and a half points per game in the first half in the last in the last five weeks. And that's to like uh, Sam Howell and uh you know, it's 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 been to just bad Drew Locke, uh Carson Wentz, bad quarterbacks have been putting up numbers in the in the early parts of these games. I think I think Jordan Love is gonna have some success. And to your point on the total, the the Niners at home this year, their totals are five and three to the over. The three unders were by a combined two and a half points. Mm. So when they go under, it's barely. When they go over, it's plentiful. And there was supposed to be some weather in this game. That's cleared up now. Uh, There's going to be rain before the game, wind before the game, but supposedly none during the game. So I'm with you. I like the over as well. Uh, I think there will be a sloppy field, but as long as there's no wind and active rain, I think an over is a really solid play here.
0: Something to keep an eye on. The Packers are 27th in DVOA, defending the running back, catching balls out of the backfield. And the best That's over the past several years at doing that is Christian McCaffrey. So look for a big game maybe from the receiving end for Christian McCaffrey. Let's head to Sunday and talk about the Bucks at the Lions. Detroit, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Total is now up to 49 and a half and i know you like the under in this game
1: i do uh so now that means if the totals now up to 49 and a half that is the highest total on a bucks game all season by four and a half points the highest total on a tampa game this season has been 45 now it's 49 and a half these teams played earlier the final score was 20 to 6 Uh, And a lot of it is because Tampa's red zone, like Tampa's defense is the third best red zone defense. They do not give up touchdowns. They force you to, to kick and their red zone offense is the third worst in the league. So there's just a lot of settling for field goals in Buccaneers games. And I know the Lions at home, the Lions at home, I get it. Uh, but I, I just don't see that in this game. I, I think people got enamored with what they saw out of the Buccaneers last week and said, Oh, this is an explosive offense. I don't know that it was that explosive. I think the Eagles just sucked at tackling. Mm-hmm. And if if you're an NFL team and you miss tackles left and right, yeah, the offense is going to look pretty good. I, I, I don't see this being one of those type of games. I can't imagine the Lions defense plays as poorly as the, the Eagles did. That was probably the worst defensive performance we've seen in years uh, in the playoffs. So, and the lions offense, I don't, I thought, I thought the Rams outplayed the lions in that game, to be quite honest. I I thought that the Rams offense or the, the lions offense went into a shell uh, mm-hmm. after about a quarter. And it, it was nice. They built that lead because if they hadn't, their offense wasn't doing anything. The adjustments got made and the lions offense turned into a pumpkin. Um, I, I just think this number is getting too high. O- only one Tampa game all season long would have gone over this total, so uh, I, I just don't see. It. I think plus I think the Bucks stay in this game. I, I think six and a half is a good number for the Bucks. Uh, I, I think the Lions acted like they won the Super Bowl last week. I, I mean, it was it was crazy the celebration. All you did was win a playoff game. You yeah. won this Bucs team. Most of the players on this team have won a Super Bowl. You know they they've been there they've done it they know how to behave uh, w- when they win a playoff game this, this Detroit team I mean it was like it's like these teams in baseball that like start showering each other with champagne in the locker room after they uh, they clinch a spot in the wild card game it's yeah. like you haven't done anything yet how about you how about you actually get into the playoffs or like the the ten seed in the NBA it's like look at us we're in the play-in round let's pop champagne it's crazy. I, I think that's unwise for these Lions. I I think there's gotta be some sort of a letdown after like clearly the, the biggest win in their franchise's history in the last thirty years. Uh I I like the Bucks, I like the under.
0: What's problematic for the Lions is the way that their defense has played against the pass. In the last four weeks, they allowed Matthew Stafford to throw for 367 yards, Nick Mullins to throw for 396, Dak Prescott to throw for 345, and Nick Mullins the first time to throw for 411. Uh, We've seen Baker's prop number go up about three yards since we talked about it on the Dream Pod last night. Um, So, or, or, you know, Wednesday night. So, I still like Baker over, what is it, 256 now? I think he goes over his passing yardage prop. And also, maybe take a look at Mike Evans and his receiving yardage prop because he dropped – you know, there was like three balls maybe that could have been caught. Two of them were right off the fingertips where Baker kind of like the throw was just a little bit too wide, but Mike Evans could have made a great play. And those were deep shots where he beat the defender. And I think he'll have success running those deep routes again here against the Lions on a fast track indoors. Maybe those throws will be more on the point indoors, but look at what some of the number one receivers have done. I mentioned the, the quarterbacks in the last four weeks. The number one wideouts in those last four weeks. Puka Nakua, nine catches, 181 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, 12 catches, 192 and a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, 13 catches, 227 and a touchdown. And Justin Jefferson, the first time, six catches, 141 and a touchdown. So I'm looking at Baker to go over, and I'm looking at Mike Evans to have a big day as well.
1: And I don't think that just because just because your bet hits that mine doesn't on the under because sure. this is uh, like this is what the, the the all four of those games that you talked about were all indoors, both Vikings games, both Cowboys games, all indoors. And guess what the 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 Lions' opponents averaged 22 points per game in those games. So it's like all those yards. It's all about how many points you put up. And again, like I said, this, this Bucks red zone defense is very good. The Bucks red zone offense. So even when even when Baker's chucking it around, getting it into the end zone has been a problem for mm-hmm. these Bucks all season long. And mostly because they can't run the ball. Like they they are a bad running football team, and it's very difficult to run against the Lions anyway. Uh, so when when they know, like when you're in the red zone and teams know you're going to pass. It's hard to have red zone success. I, I think the Bucks can have a ton of yards without putting up a bunch of points.
0: Yep. All right. The final game is the Chiefs at the Bills. This is the marquee matchup of the weekend. Buffalo three point favorites, two and a half, depending on where you look. To, where you look, and this is this is the game where it might be one of those where you say, "Hey, no one should lose money on this game, right?" If it's going to land stone cold on number. Bills win by three in a last-second field goal, and you can you could have gotten two-and-a-half, you could have gotten three, whatever. Anyway, shop around based on who you want to bet to find the best number. But I'm seeing up on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now is actually two-and-a-half for the Bills and the total sitting at 45-and-a-half.
1: I like the Bills here at anything under three. If it's three, I think the number is probably right, and I don't want anything to do with the game. Um, but I, I think two and a half. There is actually value on the Bills. I I, I think that I don't want to say that the I mean the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. I get it. I said this uh, on the the pod, or maybe it was even off the air, and and RJ and Fez were giving me pushback. <laughs> Josh Allen has been better than Patrick Mahomes this year. So whatever you think of Patrick Mahomes, it's great. And I'm not bad mouthing Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen has had a better season mm-hmm. than Patrick Mahomes. And RJ's like he, he he's RJ said this is in like the bottom. 10 percent of projected outcomes for the bills this season like this has been a massively disappointing season they're the two seed they're they're hosting they're hosting a divisional round game it's like how can that be they went over their win total how can that be like at the bottom end of their expectations it can't be and here's where the bills have really the bills have had some losses and some non-covers against teams that are head-scratching week one i owed you barbecue because week one they They couldn't beat the jets with you know with aaron rodgers in a in a you know a leg brace on the side like they they couldn't finish off that job when they win against high quality teams it, they have been extremely good. they are six and one now this season against playoff teams five and two a t s the cover margin in those games seven and a half points per game josh allen's q b r in those seven games. 74.4, which would be the best in the NFL. Josh Allen has shown up against the best teams on their schedule. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, I'm going to, well, let's play a little guessing game here. Mm-hmm. They beat the Dolphins twice. They beat them in the regular season and obviously beat them in the playoffs. I, I mean, Scott, I think you can vouch for the fact that I've been saying the Dolphins are a fake good team all year. The Dolphins, all they did was beat up on bad teams, and every time they played a good team, they got blown out. It happened both times against these Chiefs. How many other playoff teams do you think the Kansas City Chiefs beat this season? One. The answer is zero. Wow. They they beat the Dolphins twice. They were 0-4 straight up and ATS against other playoff teams. I I mean, this team is just not that good. Like, their defense is solid. Their offense is well below average, despite having the guy that we consider the best quarterback in the world. And again, I'm not I'm not shitting on Mahomes. I think it's it's phenomenal that he's got him in this situation, given the givens of the rest of his offense. But this is his first playoff game on the road. The Bills fans are going to be hyped for this. Josh Allen, five and one in his career in home playoff games like Josh Allen is he wins playoff games at home. They've they're and they're so tired of hearing about can't win in Kansas City in the playoffs. Now they had to come to their this like, if the Bills don't win here, the Bills, they're not going to beat the Chiefs for the, the rest of the time. Patrick Mahomes here. This is the most, this is the weakest version of the Kansas City Chiefs the Bills have ever faced. Like in this Allen versus Mahomes run. If they can't beat them now, it's never going to happen. So the way Josh Allen's playing right now. They, they've they won six games in a row they beat four playoff teams in that stretch and I just I just feel like this is their time um I, I feel like this total is a little too high as well Chiefs have been an under team and obviously it, it, the Chiefs against the run is a problem uh and the Bills new tendency to run the football control the clock is I think it's real like this is how they've had a bunch of success since they switched coordinators because they've been a run-heavy offense, I think you see a lot of that. They try and keep Mahomes on the sideline. They haven't been able to do that in the past, and they still have the option if Kansas City loads the box. Josh Allen can still beat you. In the past, their running game was almost non-existent. The running game was Josh Allen. Now they like they can they've got ways to beat you with the run. And then on the other side, I I think that these pass rushers for Buffalo can give Patrick Mahomes some problems. Uh, the offensive line is not holding up well for Kansas City they don't need to blitz obviously you'd never want to blitz Patrick Mahomes he, he just chews it up I don't think the Bills have to blitz to get pressure on him so um the total for this game was 49 in Kansas City it went under by 12 points uh, I worry a little bit about the Bills defensive injuries but again have the Chiefs offense shown any type of explosiveness that, that makes you think that they're gonna they're gonna put up a big number I don't see it. I I like the bills here. I like the under. I I think this is Buffalo's time and they may they'll they'll probably get their ass kicked next week. But I I think if again, they are a better team than these chiefs.
0: I was going to ask you, but I think you've clearly answered the question. And it's quite obvious that is this the most important game of Josh Allen's career? And for the reasons that you labeled that they finally got the home game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and and i if they don't win this like when's it going to be like it's just if they don't win this game is the window closed like is that it like this is this is the most important game i feel for Josh Allen in his career with everything that's on the line and the fact that he's at home it's yeah it's tough cuz i mean he did play
1: in an AFC championship game and it, so that's it, it's tough to say like well like, the guy had a chance to go to the super bowl but it certainly feels that way. I mean, it feels like, again, because if you, if you don't win this one, when are you going to win it? Mm-hmm. The, 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 things have lined up so well for you. Patrick Mahomes is having a down season. Joe Burrow is not playing. Like, this is, this is the time when Josh Allen, J- Justin Herbert didn't even make the playoffs. Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the AFC right now. And if he if he can't get you to the Super Bowl in the year where he is the best quarterback and all the other quarterbacks are down, save Lamar. I mean, I I guess Lamar, if if he gets these if he gets the monkey off his back, so to speak, he can be in that conversation. But I think Josh Allen's kind of in the same boat as Lamar. Like you either take that next step, you shit or get off the pot. Mm -hmm. So I I, I do think this is a a huge moment for the career of Josh Allen. I think he's got to have this game.
0: So in terms of like what RJ was saying about uh you know the the expectations or whatever and the season for the the Buffalo Bills didn't go as expected and you're saying hey they're the two seed like they went over their win total like it went as expected. I think the narrative is more leaning towards RJ's belief because the Bills had this mediocre season and then finished up strong you know, with game, with the wins against Kansas City, Dallas, and and then Miami at the end of the year and then winning the division, right? But they had to battle. Like, this was a 6-6 six and six football team that had to battle down the stretch, right? Yeah. yeah, but before the season started, it was the Bills and the Chiefs as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. These were the two best teams. The odds were Bills and Chiefs were the odds to win the Super Bowl. If I told you that the Bills finished their season... 11 and, like, let's call it, let's call it, let's, let's say it's st- same record 11 and 6, same standing. They're the two seed in the AFC playoffs. But instead of starting out the year 6 and 6, they started out the year, you know, maybe like the Eagles did. And I'm not, maybe they weren't 10 and 1, but let's say like 9 and 3. And then instead of winning all those games down, you know, maybe they lose to Kansas City, lose to New England or whatever. And they, they finished the year 11 and six, but they started out nine and three. So what I'm trying to say is that all season long, the Bills were who we thought they were, right? There was never a point during the season where we're like, man, I don't think Buffalo's going to make the playoffs. Or man, these injuries are starting to eat up Buffalo. Or man, Josh Allen is turning the football over every single game. And then now it turns out, hey, they won, and they put themselves in this position. If Buffalo was the team that they were expected to be throughout the entire season, would they be less than a field goal favorite in this game?
1: That's a good question. Um,
0: I think the answer is I, no. I think they'd be more than a field goal favorite in this game. And so if you believe that the, that the Bills really just are that team, and they just had you know a bad stretch in the middle of the season, but this is the team that... The, the bookmakers thought should be the Super Bowl favorite before the season started, then yeah, it's no it's a no-brainer the Bills are the play here.
1: Yeah, I I'm not I'm not trying to sit here and, and make excuses for the Bills. The Bills lost games this season though that they shouldn't have lost. And if they don't lose those games, I mean, I think you can go to Week One against the Jets and say, "How the, how the hell did you lose that game?" Yeah, pathetic loss um, in
0: Week One. Bad loss in Germany against, uh, or in London against Jacksonville against the Jags, right? Yep. And, and, inexcusable and the loss. Well, how about the New England loss? Inexcusable to lose to the Patriots. Patriots suck. Yeah,
1: that's a bad loss. But they're, they're, I mean, the truth is, the Bills the Bills just played terribly in that game. They didn't deserve to win. Yeah. Uh, but like the Broncos game. They should have won the Broncos game. They they If they don't turn the ball over four times, yeah. yep. they win the Broncos game. And so it's a couple of those in the Eagles game. I, I mean, they dominated the Eagles in that game and, and lost. If they won one or two of those games, if they were 13 and four, and they just they won those two coin flips instead of losing it, because when the Bills have won the season, with the exception of the Chiefs game, it hasn't been a coin toss like the, the Bills have pretty much kicked ass for you know for most of this season. Yeah. I I think that we're looking at him in a different light. So uh I mean the Chiefs play a lot of close games too and make me I'm sure they've won some coin flips or lost some coin flips that they should have won including that Buffalo game but uh I I think when you look at what this and I get it the turnovers make it look like Josh Allen's having a bad season and I I'm not going to say this is Josh Allen's best season I don't think it is but if I told you if you told me at the beginning of the season Josh Allen is going to be the number 2 quarterback in PFF, the number 3 quarterback in QBR, I'll take that every time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 the two seed? Yeah, you like, that's that's all I'm asking out of, out of him. So, uh I, I do think health is important for the Bills. I'd like to I'd really like to see them get Gabe Davis back this week. He's very important from the run blocking standpoint. Uh but if the, if they don't have him, Guess what? We we saw last week they put Dalton Kincaid and uh, Dawson Knox out there at the mm-hmm, same time, mm-hmm. and that becomes a problem for teams. Yep. So I, I just think the Bills have a lot of ways to get offense. The Kansas City Chiefs don't right now. The, the Kansas City Chiefs offense has been stuck in neutral all season long. Like, have you seen have you seen the Chiefs play a game sides again, the the corpse of the Dolphins in a blizzard? Have you seen them play a game this season where you go, man, this Chiefs offense sure is humming. I haven't seen it. Uh, So until I do, I'm just going to believe that it's not there. Uh, I've seen the Bills have offensive explosions. I I, I mean, think about what they did to the Cowboys. I think they try to employ the same same game plan they did against the Cowboys in this game, where they just say, we're going to run the ball directly down your throat. We are going to bully you, and we're going to make you stop it. And I don't know if the Chiefs can stop the run. I I really don't. So I, I think there's a lot of advantages for Buffalo here. I, I the one disadvantage I think the, the biggest disadvantage is the extra rest that the Chiefs have. That's worrisome for sure. Two extra days come playoff time. Bills who think about it three three four years ago the bills the bills wouldn't even be playing this week. Now they're playing with a rest disadvantage. So or last week now they're playing this week with a rest disadvantage. So it's a uh, it's an unfortunate
0: deal. But I think they adjust. I, and I I think this is the hot team right now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. H-E-L-P slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why, ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality,
1: Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit, and there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general.
0: So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com SOV. That's drinkag1.com SOV. Check it out. NBA last night, Jalen Brunson scored 41 points as the Knicks beat the Wizards 113-109, and, you know, the trade for OG on an has really transformed this Knicks team, AJ. OG is plus 170 through his first 10 games as a Knick. That's the highest plus-minus, the highest plus-minus in NBA history for a player in his first 10 games with a franchise. And, I would have thought Jeremy Lin. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. The big three for the Knicks, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and now OG Anunoby. they are plus 103 in 170 minutes playing together. It's the only – and also, if you throw in uh, Hartenstein instead of Randle, so Brunson, OG, and Hartenstein are plus 128 in 190 minutes, it's the only two three-man combos in the NBA – that are over 100 in under 200 minutes played. Like that's That's how good this, this Knicks team has been both offensively and defensively ever since acquiring OG on an OB. So big, big, You know, great acquisition, good trade, and uh, they beat the Wizards last night 113 109. OG's former team, the Raptors, uh, losing to the Bulls 116 110 in Toronto last night. Thunder beat the Jazz 134 129. So the Jazz has three and a half point dogs. Ooh, that's a tough break. Just short. Just short. Timberwolves beat the Grizzlies 118-103. And the Pacers, a 126-120 win over the Kings. Let's take a look at your Friday night schedule. The Spurs are at the Hornets. Charlotte laying four and a half. Sixers are at the Magic and Philly, a five and a half point favorite. Nuggets visit the Celtics. Boston minus five and a half. The Seas, a perfect 20-0 this season. But this is a dangerous opponent. Are you worried about the unbeaten streak for the Celtics in Boston?
1: No, but I, I think I would take the points. I, I mean, I, I think the, the Celtics win, but I, I think I'd have to take the points here. I, I'm, I'm, I think that this ends up being a close game.
0: The Hawks are at the Heat. Miami, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Suns at the Pelicans. New Orleans laying two-and-a-half. The Nets are at the Lakers. L.A., six-and-a-half-point favorites. Mavericks Warriors postponed. The Warriors missing another game after the death of their assistant coach. And the Pacers are at the Blazers and are still waiting on word as to, you know, whether or not Pascal Siakam will make his Pacers debut. So there were reports that he was going to, uh, you know, meet the team in Portland and then, you know, maybe in the lineup for this game tonight. But there is no line just yet, I guess, still awaiting word on his availability.
1: One big upset in college hoops yesterday as South Florida went to number 10 Memphis, knocked them off 74-73. Memphis blew a 15-point halftime lead uh, to lose uh, it basically free throws at the last second to South Florida. Ugly loss for the Tigers. Their first conference loss of the season. Florida Atlantic held on against Wichita State after some some tense moments early on. They were down 11 at halftime, kind of the opposite of of Memphis. They won the second half though, 55 to 35, get an 86-77 win over Wichita, and Illinois gets a road win in Big Ten play, always a big thing. Coleman Hawkins, 21 points as Illinois beats Michigan, 88-73. to Only one game in the top 25 today, and that is in the Big Ten. Wisconsin, a 10.5-point home favorite over Indiana.
0: Let me ask you about tomorrow's schedule, AJ. Do we have the potential one, for baby. any system plays first off there's only uh two matchups or three matchups with ranked versus ranked teams so let's go to those first and we have number 19 tcu hosting number 24 iowa state so that wouldn't be a system play we have number 25 texas tech though hosting number 20 byu any chance texas tech is a home favorite
1: it's probably going to be a pick uh, the, the analytics love BYU, uh, Ken Palm makes this game two, but I, I think it's more likely to close it around a round of pick them, maybe even Texas tech minus one. So there could be a, a system play there. If you, if you play it at the close
0: and there wouldn't be a system as number 13, Auburn hosts number 22, Ole miss. What about, unranked they'll be double digit favorites. What about unranked teams hosting a ranked opponent? So let's take a look at ones that could be intriguing. How about Cincinnati at home against number 15, Oklahoma?
1: I project that to be a pick game, so I, I do. I do think. I mean, it, and anytime you're at a pick, it, it's really easy for it to close minus one. So, uh, that if you're if you if that's what you're into is the system, but even if you play it as a pickum, if you think it's a good spot for them, uh, is I I do think Cincinnati's a very live home dog here. They're going to be a if not a pickum, they'll be a very a very short number.
0: Now, two teams that probably won't be favorites over ranked opponents, but could be live home dogs, maybe St. John's at the Garden against number 17 Marquette. Seton Hall at the Rock against number 18 Creighton.
1: I expect both those games to be picks as well. Creighton's oh, been wow. playing poorly, okay. wow. and, uh, and Seton Hall's been playing way better uh, than I would have expected. So uh, when you take into, into that, they take that into account. Seton Hall's 6-1 and one in Big East play. Creighton only four and three remember it was Creighton was you know creighton and Creighton and Yukon Marquette these were the three teams projected to win the big East conference Creighton's four and three in conference Marquette's three and three, so those two teams have both disappointed, and St John's and Seton Hall have been two of the teams that maybe the most surprising teams in conference play Seton Hall sitting at six and one, a big shocker, so I think both those teams, creighton and Marquette both both rely heavily on their home court. Which means when they travel, it's tough. You know, the the team from Wisconsin and the team from Nebraska playing in the Big East—they have more travel than your average teams. So it makes them gives them a big advantage when they're at home, but a big disadvantage on the road. I expect both those games to be a pick, and if you're into the system, like both both could possibly fall under it.
0: And also, the one game
1: that I don't think does is, is Baylor in Texas. I think Baylor well, yeah, clearly Baylor will be a, uh, probably a, just under a possession, probably about a two and a half point favorite at Texas. And,
0: and also, you know, with, with both the, with both Seton hall and, um, with both Seton hall and St. John's really playing in NBA arenas. Right. I mean, I mean, yep. uh, like the Prudential center is pretty much, you know, was, and I know it was built as a hockey arena, but it, it did host the nets for a little bit, um, the sight lines could be different for the road teams that might not be used to that size of an arena, you know, coming to Madison square garden or coming to the Prudential center.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And you're talking about teams, particularly Creighton who relies heavily on outside shooting. Mm-hmm. And it's been a real struggle for them lately. But you take a, you take a team that relies heavily on outside shooting, put them on the road and now you put them in a, an NBA arena. If, if they have a bad shooting night, they could end up getting blown out in this spot.
0: On the ice last night, David Pasternak with a hat trick as the Bruins defeated the Avalanche 5-2. Senators topped the Canadiens 6-2. Lightning, 7-3 winners over the Wild. Uh, Nikita Kucherov had three assists. He's got 500 points in his career, Flyers. Man, this team is so good. Uh, they beat the Stars five to one. Capitals top the Blues five to two. Sabers three nothing win over the Blackhawks. Maple Leafs a four three win over the Flames. The Oilers top the the Kraken four to two. Their twelfth straight win. The twelve straight wins for Edmonton is tied for the most consecutive wins by a Canadian team in NHL history. So they are one more win away from the most consecutive wins in a single season for a Canadian team. The Predators, a 2-1 win over the Kings, the Canucks 2-1 over the Coyotes, and the Golden Knights with a rare offensive explosion without, two, damn of their, time. without two of their top goal scorers in Jack Eichel and William Carlson, That didn't make a difference, a 5-1 win over the Rangers. Let's take a look at your Friday night schedule. The Wild are at the Panthers. Florida's minus 190. Red Wings at the Hurricanes. Carolina, minus 195. Devils are in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. New Jersey, minus 155. Islanders in Chicago, as they are a minus 240 favorites over the Blackhawks.
1: UFC 297 tomorrow night. Back at the first pay-per-view of 2024 two titles on the line start with the main event uh drickus Duplessis and sean strickland kind of an unlikely championship match here this time last year sean strickland was on a two fight winning or two fight losing streak now he's the champion drickus Duplessis did not expect to be fighting sean strickland i was surprised to see drickus as a dog here he's plus 105 incredibly strong athletic middleweight hits like a truck pretty solid submission game not without his flaws, though he's very hittable. The, his technique as a striker is below average. Whereas Strickland, he makes his hay. He's a pressure volume striker. That said, Strickland has almost no knockout power. He says himself, "I he I hit like a pussy." Uh, <laughs> but I, I so I don't know if he takes advantage of Duplessis' defensive flaws. Strickland has shown to be susceptible to knockouts himself here in Vegas, most notably getting knocked out by Alex Pineda. I think giving Duplessis 25 minutes to land a shot is dangerous. Uh, so I, I think Drickus Duplessis is the winner here. Plus 105, I think, is great value. In the other title fight, we've got also another unlikely pairing between Raquel Pennington and Myra Buena Silva. Uh, and this is a basically a title match that was created when Amanda Nunes retired. Mm hmm. So it's hard to say that either one of these fighters is deserving necessarily, Uh, but there's been a lot of love given to Buena Silva here. I'm not sure it's totally warranted. She was being kind of manhandled or lady handled by Holly Holm before Holly Holm made a bonehead decision and, and got guillotined. Other than that, she's fought a really low level of competition in the UFC. Pennington, on the other hand, has been on a real tear. She's beat a lot of fighters in the top 10, her last handful of fights, and she is a defensive specialist she wins these wars of attrition because she doesn't take a lot of risk she doesn't take a lot of damage Buenosilva Silva she she very much relies on getting finishes I think Pennington plays it very safe here she is a pure over fighter has only been finished once in her seventeen fight UFC career and she's fought a lot of girls way better than Myra bueno Silva the one the one finish. That was against Amanda Nunes, and that I'm Turns looking out, at.
0: It, I'm looking at that. That was in the fifth round.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, she's a she's a tough chick and a very good defensive fighter. So my best bet on this fight is going to be over four and a half rounds. You can get that at minus one thirty. So uh, I, I've got Duplessis in the main event, and I'm going to go over in the co-main event.
0: Yeah, eight straight decisions. Looks like for uh, Pennington, so uh, that's I like that play as well. If you'd like to take fifteen dollars off AJ's UFC card, you can do so by using our promo code Bacon fifteen. Save some bacon fifteen. Bacons, to be exact. $15 off any purchase at pregame.com, but AJ's got a UFC card. You can do any football daily best bet, whatever you'd like. Take $15 off at pregame.com using the promo code bacon 15 For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.